Hello, everybody. Welcome to this space. Thank you so much for being here. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Chloe Di Sousa, and and she's a sexuality, sex, love, and relationship coach as well. She's also an expert in. Um, oh my God, the, it's the five dances. Is am I pronounced? Five five dance, yeah. Five yeah. Static dance. Yeah. And static dance, and it's so cool that we're going to have a conversation about uh we're going to be talking about patriarchy you know it's one of my favorite topics ever dismantling patriarchy we're going to be talking about uh, embodiment and about our uh, our pleasure and the connection that our pleasure has to to our power as well so thank you so much for being here it's such a pleasure to have you yeah I'm really happy to be here. It's great to meet you, Sasha. We were just uh, having such a, a beautiful warm-up conversation and then we were like, okay, we just need to, to start recording. <laughs> we should have started recording 10 minutes ago, but let's yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. So, uh, first of all, uh, I would really love to know what static dance and five rhythms uh, is because I don't know. I, I, I of course do Kundalini dance. I have, uh, I, I do some some non-linear dancing practices, but I am so curious about uh, what what it is like to teach this this methodology. Okay, so the five rhythms were started by um, a dear friend um, who's now dead. She's a New Yorker called Gabrielle Roth. Um, and she noticed when watching people dance that they go through five different rhythms on the whole. So that's flowing, staccato, chaos, lyrical and stillness. Um, which which is really beautiful because flowing, you're really finding yourself. Staccato, you're starting to express yourself more out breath chaos you release into the chaos of everything you know it's a bit like climax no mind lyrical is more like um the patterns you find your body moving with that come from a, um, a much more soul place if that's what you want to call it or or the way nature repeats itself in patterns and stillness is really the place you get to having danced all of those things and and there's an emptiness to your movement which it could be slow it could be fast but there's an emptiness to you so it's this delicious space that you end up in um which um it, it, it you know it's not dissimilar to lots of other things that we do like if, for example making love getting into that kind of movement prayer that is possible but also there's a reclamation of the body if you do this dance so many times you get to know yourself very very well um you get more familiar with the different emotions that you have so I'm also a, a heartbeat five rhythms trained dancer, facilitator. Um, so also you get to know your sadness, your, your grief, you get to know your anger, you get to know your sexuality, you get to know your fear, you get to know your love. Um, so it's, it's an incredible way to really open up all these places within yourself um, and also take ownership of your heart, of your body, of the way you want to move through the world. So, so I loved it for so many reasons. Um, sounds so amazing and so powerful mm. there's such power to dancing uh, and I love this the 
oh my god the the five elements make a lot of sense to me and you just made me think of this of this experience i had once when i was when i was processing a, a very intense emotion through dance like i allowed myself to go through mm -hmm. through what i called it the in that moment just a dance of the world, just connected to the sound of the world, uh, which came was inspired on, on a book I read by Paulo Coelho many years ago. But I remember that I was doing this dance. Um, I was grieving. I was in a very difficult moment of my life. And after I, I danced and I just fell back into my power, into all this fire that just started arising through my body, I remember going out feeling totally different, feeling beautiful, powerful, connected to my sensuality, to my body. And I remember this little child that approached me because I, I had to cross a park. And, I, uh, and this child approached me and said, are you a queen? Because <laughs> Actually. Actually, yes. <laughs> So I, I wanted to share that because that was just a very um, personal, improvised, uh, following my own magic experience. But I'm sure that you have seen so many powerful transformations with this with this um, practice. How, how does it feel like? What happens in your in a practice? Uh, is that uh, with a group? Is that individual? Did you do that with coaching? How, how does it look like? Uh, yeah, it's in a group. So um, I'm a, sort of an avid music lover. So I would DJ as well as facilitate the group. And I, I used to run, and it's still running actually, because I handed the group on um, a full moon dance for women in London, which was five rhythms based. That that was incredible. Um, so it was it was people of all sexualities, um, but for the heterosexual women, dancing without the presence of men, you take away the male gaze, and you start to move differently because you're moving for yourself. Yeah. Now that in itself was deep. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the the sense of your own queen comes through or, or whatever it is that you would censor. I mean, you have an American phrase, uh, ugly crying, mm -hmm. um, which I don't understand at all because for me, the beauty of tears, you know, and I know it's a mainstream word, a phrase, but the beauty of watching someone break like that, you know, and, and what you see like clearing from their system is, is absolutely, absolutely incredible you know that this sweet release it's like they're loving themselves right and and I think really the tangible experience of finding in my own body um emotions that were stored from my from my past so you know Gabrielle said to me one day she said oh, oh you know how many how many tears are you gonna cry Chloe and but it was all in my hands you know and eventually my hands stopped crying you know and now they they do other things for me and with me but um, so you you very much watch people store getting getting defrosted the emotions stored in the body and expressing them, freeing them, and then they move into different spaces. There's more room for them. You know, you're no longer trapped with your past actually in your body. There's more room for you now, and that and then life becomes a very creative place. I love that, and I can see the connection of this mm. with sexuality work 
because at the end of the day, it's all living in our bodies. And, and I can see how it makes so much sense that you that you do both. Uh, but then there's also something that you mentioned that, that I was like, yeah, that that is important. The male gaze of why we do the things that we do uh, and the importance of this dancing by ourselves and, and the, the magic that happens when we are connecting with another group of women without the male gaze. And that, that takes me to this, this topic that we wanted to discuss, which is patriarchy, dismantling patriarchy. So it, it's fascinating. I feel like there's so much power in what happens when women get together to heal. And that, that is, oh my gosh. I, I remember, I know that you and I took a similar train, well, the same training in different years. Um, but that was one of the experiences I had with the, with the retreat of that training. Seeing many women dancing together, feeling their sexuality together. Uh, and there were no, no men around. So it was sex was for us not for somebody else to witness or to or to enjoy and, and i feel like that that's the great power of sexual healing and sexuality work so i'm curious have you noticed how, how did you experience this when it comes to the realm of sexuality in terms of watching women have a relationship with their own sexuality Sex yeah well, it's, I mean, I do laugh because, you know, um, I, I talk about sex a lot. You know, I like talking about sex. Um, but once you get in the room with a client, it's almost inevitably a journey home. So I could say, you know, I can start off anywhere, but inevitably it seems to lead to this place of the journey home. And so often the women say to me, um, I, I want a stronger relationship with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, and, and often they might say, oh, well, my partner and me, we have this problem. But actually, when you get around to what they really desire or their core desire, it's like, oh, I'd like a stronger relationship with myself. Yeah. So this importance of, of, of how much the world impacts bodies. And here we're today, we're talking about the female body and patriarchy. Um, so for me, I had, I had danced for 20 years on dance floors. That's a lot of dance. And yet when I started to add in the sexual practices and my own pleasure practices and within the training that we both did, um, I still had a sense of, and this for me is so key to, to portions of my work, that somehow um, society owned my body. Mm -hmm. And that made me angry. Yes. <laughs> um, and so this is what I mean by undoing the patriarchy. And I'm not, I'm not blaming, I'm not saying I'm not blaming men. I'm saying we have work to do inside of ourselves to mm -hmm. take ownership of ourselves. Yeah. And the reason why I feel highly motivated in my work is because I think right now on the planet, we need, we need to step into our leadership. This is, this is what's needed on the planet right now. So for women to take ownership of their bodies, ownership of their sexualities, use that to fuel their lives in positive ways like this is the bigger picture of feral grace this is this is the work that you and i are doing um so in terms of body ownership but the importance of not being owned by society and owning yourself and finding out what yourself wants to do with your life is everything 
I, I love how you put it because there's so much truth in that. I have found that even myself, when I started looking for, for this work uh, and the people that approach me, they don't know that they are looking for themselves. They think that they are looking for more pleasure with their partner or to have better connections with their lovers or to be more sexy or more, you know, like we don't really know what we don't know. And then when we, when we just start reaching to that point, it happens the way you just described. We inevitably start the journey home. I, I love how you how you put it because that's that has been so true for me and for the people that I have worked with as well. Yeah, and it's so it's the best job in the world to watch people do that for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and it's fascinating because. It's just, just like you mentioned, it's like society owes our body and our pleasure and our sexuality. Like specifically women, because I don't think that this is a problem in that, that, that specific problem. They have many problems due to patriarchy as well. Patriarchy screws everybody over. Uh, but, but I think that the specific problem of feeling like our bodies belong uh, and our sexuality belong to everybody else but us mm -hmm. it's something that is very very specific of the female body or maybe also of the non-binary bodies but not of the of the masculine bodies so um ha have you seen that as well have you noticed that as well yeah yeah i think women have a very specific experience and and it, and we were talking just before the call actually on finding the languaging for that um it, it's it's i was shocked because you know okay so it might have been ego but i i thought i was kind of in ownership of myself right and then still in some of the depth of practices that i went that i practiced and, and went through it it shocked me you know that said that's education going on in society from a very young age you know um i'd like to touch on this point some of the like archetypes and stories that were fed also which feeds into women not feeling in ownership of their own sexuality. You only need to look um, specifically, say, within the UK at some of the fairy stories that all young girls used to read. I think it's changing now. Sleeping mm -hmm. Beauty, she gets kissed without consent, right? Um, you know, they're all geared around princes saving them, you know, and there became a time in my adult life, and I talk about this a lot with clients because it's a relief to them. That there is no prince to save you it doesn't mean you can't have a really amazing conscious relationship with another person because you can but 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 in terms of um my body being somehow neutralized and waiting for somebody else to do something for me there there's the there's the story and that went into my psyche at a young age and, and the children around me of you know the last 20 years in the uk and, and suddenly it's like oh, that doesn't feel right you know particularly when you know i think also sex education is a real problem because you don't have like feminist or pro pro female sexuality education so even if the prince were to save you unless he's had a really good experience with a female body and would know like oh maybe i'd like one of the five different orgasms that i'd like today you know most guys aren't 
also educated because we've lost those systems. So even if they are in ownership of the female body, there's not enough education to even start to open the treasure that we are. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally. I have so many stories about that. The, the, well, one of the most impactful things that I have heard a person saying, and, and I heard it again uh, recently in a coffee shop, but the first time I heard it was from a client, was uh, when they referred to their bodies as produce for male consumption. Like, they, they, like it was common for them in their families uh, to refer to women as uh, producto para caballero, pro produce for male consumption. So, uh, and the sad thing is that it's not that phrase, but the reality that so many women around the world experience that is reflected by that phrase. So I feel like it, it goes back to how our pleasure has been seen as something we give to somebody, like, the, like if a man was entitled to use a woman's body to have pleasure from it. And then we are waiting for that person. Like hopefully if he's a very good person and a good lover and, and, and please, please, please make him pay back by giving me pleasure as well. And then, and it's like both concepts are very mistaken. Both the concept of our pleasure being there for the taking and somebody using it and the concept of a man giving us pleasure which sometimes happens yes but the idea is what if we were the source of our own pleasure mm -hmm. uh, and i find that that is the the thing that sexuality work empowers uh, so so beautifully it teaches us how to connect to that source of pleasure and make it our own power source so that we are we are self-autonomous and don't need to go and look for others to plug in to try to get that energy from yeah i love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so when i talk about body ownership as well and so, some of the phrases i use it's like body ownership is hot you know, like if, if you if you come across a person who's in body ownership and has plugged into that source, just like you are talking about, there's nothing selfish about it because you get you get to interact with somebody who's plugged into the source. I mean, the, the levels of pleasure available to everybody then in that space, you know, is is it levels up, it levels up, it levels up, you know, as opposed to this, there's this somehow this, um, and you'll hear women talk about guilt or, or am I being selfish? You know, there's so, so much conditioning in terms of service, but when we serve the pleasure to ourselves first, first, you have this relationship with yourself, which means you, you have so much more to share with everybody around you. And, and so I love that knock on effect because actually there's, there's more of you rather than less of you if you plug into that source. Exactly, exactly. I love that. There's more of you. And 
that 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 has been such a powerful realization it's like going back to dancing like how how different it is to dance for yourself you're plugging into layers and layers and layers of healing when you dance for yourself mm -hmm. which is different from dancing for somebody else or even worse letting somebody else dance you which is like like something that happens a lot in latin american dancing styles like there's this idea of the man guiding you and <laughs> it's difficult sometimes if, if he's a good dancer it can be beautiful but if he's not a good dancer it can just be very hectic yeah exactly <laughs> and it's so similar to sexuality it's just the same story as sexuality mm. Mm. yeah i was reading the other day about the phrase you know like oh like in terms of there's there's so much patriarchy in our languaging as well you know i gave her an orgasm no one's oh. gonna give me an orgasm i might access an orgasm for myself if i chose to have one in that moment you know i i, I <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. not and, to and mention it, the violence you know i i find so many uh, men awake to to just how incredible um female bodies are and this this map of orgasmic treasure trove that they are and how they love to play in in that in that field in that playground and this is a different experience this is this is an entirely different attitude which which i'm loving that that, that i do come in contact with lots of people like that that actually it's like oh my gosh you know but um you know i think um it might be worth mentioning in terms of like the concepts of like in terms of undoing the patriarchy we also have to move from junior masculinity into senior masculinity and that that has to happen uh, um inside of oneself inside of me as a female as as well as with the men that i interact with yeah. um and and that's a really beautiful thing and we need to grow a culture and it and you know some days i'm like oh fuck i'm a sex love relationship coach you know it's not an easy role to, to say oh i'm here to help you know these cultures grow up a little bit into some senior and masculine and female around sexuality so that we can all play in the way that can have this expanded view of sex for me, I've spent a lot of time doing various different spiritual practices. And for me, like nature is perfect. You know, every time you climax, you are having an experience of no mind. You know, so, so the importance of us all growing up into sort of this senior masculine and femininity to enjoy sexuality, you, you have a very, very deep spiritual experience available to you or just a really incredibly vulnerable intimate depth of, of heart connection plus like the sacredness of two bodies coming together i mean i couldn't imagine anything better to do <laughs> yeah and i love that you mentioned the language that i gave her an orgasm it's such an important part because there are so many patriarchal mistaken ideas and hurtful because they are actually hurtful ideas about sexuality oh, i froze uh you're still with me here yeah okay I, I, 
from my side, it seems like I froze, but can you still hear me? I can still see you. Yeah. Okay. So there, there. Okay. So um, there are so many hurtful ideas about sexuality that we keep repeating. And, and I feel like it's such an important issue to overcome from, from the, I gave her an orgasm to the taking a woman. Like, I don't know if that, if the same expression exists in English, but in Spanish it's like taking a woman as if it was something they could grab and, and use like, or, or sex as violence, like breaking somebody and, and breaking her, breaking her ass, you know, things that, that are actually violent uh, and that people repeat when they are speaking about sexuality. So I feel like it's such an important healing that needs to take place uh, in order, and it starts with the language, how we refer to sexuality, to our body parts, to our partners and to the act itself so that it's healing and not hurtful. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel really sad. I've, I feel sad about the violence of language and, and, the, and the female body. And, and I think that's a very specific thing. And um, there's a very deep conversation to be had about um, war and uses of sexuality in war that, that we could touch on another time because it would need a trigger warning. But um, yeah, in, term, in terms of women starting to, to, to own their bodies more so that, so that, you know, definitely the next generations, you know, consent, like, just like, well, of course, you know, but I don't know about you, but I didn't, I didn't grow up being taught what consent was, yeah. you know, yeah. and so, you know, within, within the practices that we would practice, uh, encourage our clients to practice and with ourselves, you, you even have consent with your own body you know, and that's a beautiful place to start. So this, this ownership of oneself and starting with your own relationship with yourself and women being given permission to go and get to know themselves, you know, um, is amazing. And, and asking consent with their own bodies, what would you like today? Whatever word you have for your own body part, what would, what would she like today? Do you, do you want this or do you want that? You know, and practicing, that level of high level of consent so that if you choose to share yourself with somebody then then also you're you're going to expect a consensual approach to your body and and it's more likely to happen because you have an expectation in your nervous system that you have set up yourself so that's like the depth of the body ownership that we're talking about and how that interplays with women in their environment i love that and it also makes a lot of sense to me how we can go from connecting to our sexuality to dismantling patriarchy. Like how the first step is actually connecting to our sexuality, that the power that it has, and how unexpected that is as a result. Right? Like you, you were mentioning that you that you are working with with uh, different genders, that you are not only limited to working with women and and. It's clear to me how sexuality work heals women or our connection to our own body. Yeah. But how have you noticed that men change their relation to women as they start connecting with, with sacred sexuality, as they start this healing journey? Yeah. Um, 
Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, what a good question. What a good mm -hmm. question. Um, so within, in my Instagram page, you know, there, there's a, there's a kind of a conflict for me because, because we're talking here about somatic feminism and on some level, you know, uh, like my post today was about closing the orgasm gap. Right. But what I'm finding in keeping like the Instagram page really gender inclusive and it being a sex positive community, which, which it's become, um, that, 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 there's people on there that have direct messaged me to say, oh my God, the way you're talking about this, I'd never thought about, I'd never thought about it in that way. So, so you can offer a, you can offer a service to women, but when you include men in that dialogue, and I'm not talking about the, the really traumatic or intimate um, conversations women want to have just with a woman, I'm talking about the more generalized conversations, you get men being educated around how to approach a female body whether that's like oh i didn't know what the orgasm gap was and today she talked about that and now i know what that is and so many men put their hands up on the page to like yeah i'm committed to closing the orgasm gap mm. and you know that's that's beautiful that's really beautiful because because then we're all digesting patriarchy yes. you know you're not you know what's not to love about that and I guess in terms of men working one to one, I think um, inevitably it comes down to the principle of that if you have an unowned part of yourself, and we can talk about shadow work, but if you have an unowned part of yourself that you haven't bought into your own awareness, then it dominates. So you start you start to bring those pieces online, and you start to digest them. And whether that's whether that's oh I've I, somewhere in me I feel inferior and therefore I tend to dominate my environment, and then you bring in the vulnerability of feeling inferior and you love your inferiority if you are say a male, and and then what you what you discover is there's just some gentleness to be had, you know, and then and then because gentleness is included, you're you're not trying to prove to prove. That, that you're dominant and you're not inferior then suddenly you ha you have power and you have gentleness oh how beautiful mm. for example which is the whole human experience right that's something that i that i always um speak about like we need to embrace the fact that we're complex beings and we have the capacity to have the intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence it's not like oh men are emotional uh, uh emotionally retarded and women are intellectually not in the same space that men which is like pat what patriarchy has been teaching us like the the mental realm is the realm of men and the emotional realm is the men is the realm of women and the truth is that we wouldn't be complete human beings walking this earth if we if we live like that, we are whole human beings, and we have this complexity and this uh, and this capacity to experience all of the range of, of our beings, of our of our traits, and and to and to experience them fully. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and so and so if we we also go back to sort of like the myths that we've been sold, you know, if if I'm walking around just waiting for a prince to save me the whole time. I can't hold space for the masculine heart. That that gives him no space at all. If if I can get in ownership of rescuing myself, 
then I can also really bear witness to like, who who are you? What are you? How, how big are you? You know, it's not all in relation to me being rescued. So that so actually the masculine has a lot more space to be what what it is that the masculine might be if we start to untangle ourselves from patriarchy. So it liberates us both and, and everybody because it's not just men and women, but it, it, it allows us to express our complexity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is an ecstatic dance. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I love that. It's literally, I, I feel like this connection between that sexuality is just natural. It cannot be, uh, I, I, and I don't understand how at any point it can be seen different because it's just that life force flowing through us in one and in the other. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. And why, you know, why? why why is there such fear of that life force you know why are people scared of the wild dancing or the the the, the really deep surrender into to long sexual ecstasy you know it, it it's because it's it it is it's the 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 thing that's underneath everything you know and so so these oppressed areas are really juicy to work with because yeah because on some level it's untidy and messy and wild and feral yes. and there's a grace to that that i love to touch so oh. so yeah the dance and the sexuality for me is is a continuum that that can't be separated for sure and, and it leads us to leadership and, and i think that that is maybe one of the theories that I have of why there has been so much fear about female sexuality and so much fear about us tapping into that power and that power being constantly taken away, like uh, used by others, not by us. It's because when we awaken to our sexuality, we, are, we awaken to our true capacity to live in our lives and and to be leaders in our spaces. So I'm curious about how you how you perceive this connection of female female uh, sexual ecology and leadership. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um I, like I guess I'll start with personal then I'll go from micro to macro okay. So like personally, you know, I've always had quite a good time. So when I started to discover the amount of trauma that so many women it's too common the trauma that women carry around that with their sexuality whether that's an experience they've had or the fact that we exist in a world that is threatening if we get our sexuality out um it's it's hard to explain that to a male but you grow up um fearing being on your own as a lone female from quite a young age um, and that's because of the the sexual threat and um, I'm I'm deeply unhappy about lots of the statistics all around the planet around that. Um, so, so that really bothered me because then women shut down on their sexuality because there's a big message that it's not safe. And then, you know, I just want women to feel, I want everybody to feel good, right? <laughs> Naive as it may seem. And, you know, the have women that aren't orgasming makes me really sad as well you know but you've got to connect the two because because once you start to have a really healthy sexual relationship with yourself 
you have a lot of life force flowing through you. You have a lot of life force flowing through you. You have a lot of inspiration flowing through you. That inspiration spills into all areas of your life. So it really is good for everybody. And you automatically step into your leadership. So there's there's a deep ecology to female sexuality for me because A, the planet needs um, a level of leadership that I think lots of people embody but right now I think female leadership it would really rebalance things and as well as men in the type of senior masculinity I've been talking about but um but also you know we're we live in a very consumerist culture particularly say where I live um and um our sexuality doesn't take anything from nature. It doesn't destroy the environment, right? So also, you know, the amount of consumerism and materialism and capitalism, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy buying things because I'm no angel, I do. But but the fact that my sexuality brings me such a lot of pleasure means I'm less, I'm less likely to cause damage to my natural environment. My, my ecological footprint goes down, my leadership goes up. I mean that's a good thing. So this this there is a there's a depth to this level of leadership that is so impactful on a macro level if you start to think what if what if we were going to you know plug women plug men into sexuality the sacred sexuality all over the planet what would happen? I I'd, I'd like to experiment with that. <laughs> I love that. That could be fun. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. You, yeah. me, you know, lot, lots, lots of us. Yeah. How, how I see that is that our sexual energy allows us to feel the capacity to desire and to, to desire life, to desire more, to desire and to expand, you know, and, and, and for me, that that has been a journey. I went. I, I was in a um, in a moment of my life when I lost that capacity. When I lost my capacity to desire, I, I was. Uh, I have shared in in different times that at some point I had given up. Uh, like like I, I was just like, okay, I guess this is it. I had an orgasm once with a former partner, and I guess this is it. Like, uh, and everything in my life was that great. Totally, totally great. I I remember going to this class and somebody saying, okay, make a list of your desires. And I have no desire. I just didn't have any desire because that, that is as defeated as I felt. And of course I had given up in, in my life. Like like I didn't have a, a sense of guide guiding myself through anywhere. Like I, I just didn't feel that power anymore. And it was the reconnection to my pleasure, what allowed me to go back to my capacity to desire, to go towards my goals, to go towards those desires, to, to make my dreams come true, to dream. And so I feel like that made me a leader. Now I, I see myself as a leader in my household, in my own life, and in the lives of people that I have touched and, and I keep touching. And, and I feel like that, that, is all due to embracing this energy that is life force that I had been so disconnected to. And when I recovered that, it just drew me back into 
into a power I didn't know I could have access to. So I really feel like that is such a powerful connection. I, lo I love what you just said. And, and yeah, connecting you into a power you didn't realize you have access to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and do you want to say a little bit more about how it impacted your voice? Because I think this is so such a key piece. Yeah, I, it was, I, I, and I feel like that's something we particularly learned from Leila. I, I, I specifically in, in my time with her, I learned it from her. I realized that sexuality and our capacity to express uh, first, of course, our pleasure, moaning, breathing, groaning, whatever came through. But then it showed up as our voice, as the things I wanted to say, as the things I wanted to share and to expand. Uh, and they have the very same origin. It, it's, it's this life force. I, I, I then learned from Audrey Lordi uh, about how there is this power, this knowing that is deep inside ourselves and that is our erotic force. So it's that, it's the erotic force wanting to manifest, to show up and to speak up and to heal herself and others. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So good, so good. It's such powerful work, the one we're doing. I really love that we have this this experience in this time and age that we can actually teach others how to access this power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Really, really beautiful. Mm. And I speaking Yeah. I believe in us. Yes. And speaking of that, I'm curious, how can people work with you? What are you are you teaching right now? Are you do you have one on one coaching spots available? How can they access? Yeah, I have one on one coaching spots available. Um, what I tend to do is design programs for the individual once they've approached me. So that could be like six weeks, twelve weeks, or ongoing. Um, that's really exciting. Um, I work with a high level of attunement with the people that I'm working with, and, and I have a long background of, of working in you know many fields that, that impact positively the one-to-one -one coaching. So it's quite a busy practice I have, but that's how people can work with me. And then um, I will be running some courses, but it's it's hard to have time for everything. But one of the pieces I want to do is really start a space where people can drop in and dance. And then at the end, we'll be doing simple rituals with our own bodies. So that would be off camera in your own space for both those things. But I would love to bring in more music and dance for people because it's it's like we have said, it's such a seamless thing. So, yeah, people can email me, find me on Instagram or go to the website. It's it's all there. Yeah. Beautiful. I will be um, sharing the link to your Instagram in my in the bio of this of this conversation. Thank you so much for for this conversation. It's such a, such a pleasure. Time just flew by. I, I'm like oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
excellent i could talk to you all night i thank you so much for having me here and you know i loved your page i loved what you're about i loved your languaging it's really exciting to connect with you and your body of work so unique and and a part of this big movement that's happening so exciting thank, thank you, you so much, much. So I, I can just say the same. Thank you so much for connecting, for giving me this time, this space. And I also love your work. Oh my God, Feral Race. It's so brilliant. I love that. Thank you so, so much. Excellent. Okay, Sasha. See you soon. See you soon. Take care. Bye bye.